right, hello and welcome to We Are Day, Tech Session 1. Uh, this tech session is all about uh, using uh, artificial intelligence in, uh, well, innovating around legacy processes and workflows. And I think the main topic is really whether it's time to trust uh, AI, as we call it, with the important decisions. Uh, what does that mean? And, and so on. So let's, uh, let's see where the topic of conversation takes us. Uh, so I'm Atish, uh, co-founder and uh, chief technology officer here at WEA. Uh, with me, I have my co-founder and uh, our CEO, uh, Romain. And perhaps most importantly, we, we have our guest for today. Uh, we have to refer to him as, uh, as Alex. So um, I, I think uh, we've, I think Romain and I are, are fairly uh, well known from introducing ourselves through several of these sessions. So uh, instead, Alex, would you like to provide a bit of a brief introduction to yourself and say whatever you'd like? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so firstly, thanks very much for having me. Uh, it's quite a really exciting topic. So looking forward to sharing my knowledge and experiences in, uh, in this topic. Uh, yeah, so I, um, uh, I have extensive experience in uh, uh, creation of innovative uh, and advanced technologies and uh, most of those uh, where they were at the forefront of launching uh, well, of AI and machine learning based uh, uh, capabilities and they varied from small ones to national scale ones. Um, uh, so I have a deep passion to uh, technology so I'm really looking forward and thanks for having me. All right, thank you. No, no problem. Um, so I think we'll we, we could kick off by asking uh, what what does it's a very broad question, so bear with. But what what does it look like when we talk about trusting AI with with the important decisions? Uh, and I suppose what mag what magnitude can we say uh, the, those important decisions uh, hold and um, at what point does, does AI pay, play a process? At what point have you seen maybe it's better to be um, a little more cautious, uh, a little bit more accountable, have a little bit more of a human element in there? So feel, feel free to, to sort of kick us off and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so, so firstly, I, um, uh, from my pe uh, personal experiences, um, I always look at AI, artificial intelligence, and one part of it is machine learning. Uh, as a tool, uh, this is a, in a broader perspective. Is similar to you having a computer or a PC. Um, so when it comes into uh, the trust element that you mentioned, we we work with tools. You you work a painter. We work with a brush. Um, we've been working with computers. AI um, is just another set of tools that you'll be able to work with in terms of the. The trust element, like any other tool, uh, you would want to, depending on the context, you would want to apply it with the right, um, in the right way. You want to apply, uh, um, apply certain measures and way to uh, monitor how you apply it. You want to educate uh, whoever is going to apply and use that tool. Um, very broadly, I think. Um, uh, Unlike the situation we were about you know, 10, 15 years ago, there's a, there are a lot of people who already have been using AI for some time now. So um, in terms of the principles of usage, there are many different frameworks that people apply. A, a very famous one that is used by uh, in our government website is the FAST, which is the Fairness, Accountability, Sustainability and Transpa Transparency. Um, 
so it's not a new concept, so it's well-researched, um, well-applied. But I think that will be one of the frameworks that I'll do. But I think principally I'll be looking at it as a tool and uh, apply similar principles uh, like uh, any tools that human people or uh, any person uses. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, and, and I think uh, certainly when, when you and I have worked together in the past um, on some, let's say, more sensitive uh, <laughs> accounts, uh, we found that there's uh, often uh, either expectation that that what we're implementing will replace wholesale uh, what human beings are, are used to do, particularly when you're looking at critical systems or, or systems that uh, have the, let's say, capability to to um, to really have a, a quite drastic impact on someone's lives or people's lives. So. Um, I suppose whether that's sort of in, in healthcare or, or you know, um, the, I suppose law enforcement or, or whatever it is, the, the potential for things to go wrong is, is also considerable. So um, what, what are some of the ways you've uh, thought about to mitigate some of those effects, perhaps um, maybe in initial uh, prototypes or proof of concepts and then moving on to, to productionized systems? So moving, uh, moving slowly is is definitely an approach of doing it. I've seen other organisations where they were brave enough to just move very fast, very quickly, and there was a uh, there is a very um, big pain pain in the upfront bit. But then after that big pain, because they moved at a faster rate, that big pain will just regulate itself afterwards. And the reason I say that is, um, uh, and uh, as you mentioned, or there is a different approach which you move a little bit more slowly and you bring everyone with you in the journey. Um, uh, during prototypes, uh, assessing what happens in the prototypes uh, and then building on that uh, as you enhance and improve the AI engine, so to speak. Or, um, I think um, uh, there are different methods and ways of doing that other than the pace that you move at there is an, um, an educational piece um, and that education piece is it uh, uh, isn't just for uh, at one specific level in an organization but it would cover the eco the full ecosystem that goes all the way from the leadership all the way to the customers all the way to uh, the people who will be working alongside the AI um, uh, and then what it will be used for. So transparency is really important. What would that specific AI engine be used for? Uh, what role it will fulfill? What role it will not fulfill? And um, at this point, and, and, uh, and again, I go back into the tools analogy that I mentioned earlier. Um, it is really up to you to decide what tool and what role for that AI engine will be mm -hmm. used for. In the examples that you gave in there, it was mostly, and in many other examples, it's there really as a tool to augment and empower uh, existing capabilities uh, and make it faster, as opposed to this is going to replace uh, uh, all existing processes and uh, 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 altogether. So yeah. if, if you go back into the you know, hum human nature in, in general, history tells you that uh, just generally human just wanted to create and innovate to make things more convenient, more faster, uh, quicker, 
reduce the labor effort that you want to do. That's just a human nature in general in life. That's why we, um, you know, you drive and you take the plane and you fly and instead of walking all the time, you take the train. So within that specific context, AI is no different. Uh, really, AI there, uh, there is to empower, uh, augment, uh, as opposed to take over. Uh, so I think that at the heart of it conceptually uh, is really important to manage and mitigate that fear. Now, there are other things that you will, you will want to do before you apply uh, AI. And um, these things vary from, uh, so I, I personally call them the, 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 you know, the probably five or six steps. Some people will have them three or four steps. One of them is that you want to establish the business driver and evaluate the options that you've got. So what is it that you're actually trying to achieve from a business side? And then secondly, you will want to identify your data and data sources and an analysis. Then the third one, you will want to define an initial implementation plan. This is where you refer to as early as a prototype. Then you will want to mature and evaluate that over time before you move into the last step, which is you sustain it and you optimize it. I think with that approach, whether you do it at a small pace or larger or quicker pace, depending on what it is that you're trying to do, yeah. is a good way that you cover most bases in my own experiences yeah. to mitigate some of those. Now, I think in my experience, in most cases, it would come into the 80-20 rule. Uh, you won't have everyone happy with it at the beginning, but slowly and slowly people will just adapt uh, like many other tools that have been yeah. used yeah. in the industry. Can I can I can I get a follow up here? Uh, trying to combine a bit of the things you mentioned because I really I really like your analogy about the tool. I think it totally makes sense. I get it, um, and and I understand this this process with those steps that you mentioned to also this is also part of the education piece, right? That you want to create an understanding and be transparent on the different steps to convince. I like the slow approach, etc. Now. If I if I bring it back to uh, to WIA, so at WIA we use data and we use natural language processing to extract data for the same business objective you mentioned, going faster, being more efficient, etc. So there is a business drive. Uh, our users and our clients they see it. They have the same objective. We identify the data. We have a clear implementation plan, and yet. There are still uh, clients and users who come back to us and basically say, I'm going to paraphrase, but they basically say, I don't trust the results. How can you tell me? You've been transparent. You explained to me. But at the end, I see the result. But how can I be sure that what you delivered to me through your AI, your NLP, your software is giving me the same result? That I will, the way I would do, you know, with my status quo um, earlier method. Because in a way, you say like all those tools, very often when you adopt one, you can still compare with your sort of a baseline. You know, you take a, a GPS, you know that from A to B takes you five minutes. And then the GPS gives you an optimized route and it tells you four minutes 30. And then you go through that route, you're like, wow, four minutes 30. I've gained 30 seconds. But in more complex system with data, I'm, I'm telling you the sort of a bottleneck and the pushback we get. Is it something you've seen in your experience on implementing those systems? And how do you go about it? So, so, so in, uh, interestingly, if interesting is the right phrase here, uh, I personally, I think with that specific example, I personally have 
worked with natural language processing since 2007 and before that in university. So it's a really close to my heart. So I'm glad you used that as an example. So firstly, definitely the starting point for me for the example that you mentioned specifically, um, the replace again framework isn't probably the, the, the first step that I would use. Again, we are augmenting and innovating a more accurate process to improve existing customers' jobs uh, and increase their productivity and optimize their output. Specifically, when we talk about, for example, um, uh, requests for proposals and the bid tenders, etc., where, where AI and natural language processing can come in based on a lot of data or small set of data, and I'll come to, to that shortly as a challenge, you will want AI to help you. And what do you normally do? You want to understand what the question is, the proposal. Yeah. Yeah. You want to look for similar answers that you've previously used or you haven't used. And what are the good ones and the bad ones? And you learn from them. And then you will want to also make sure that whatever answers you use, they're up to date from, from, from knowledge, not really knowledge that is five, six years ago. So there are so many simple tasks and repetitive rules in there and that are well controlled and clear and defined based on data that you have in your closed system or trusted open uh, sources that can automatically extract that intelligence and pre-populate that. And as a good starting point would be, I, I don't really see it as a binary, do you use the, 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 the area capability or do you not? That, I, I don't see that as a good, a good starting point. You, you may well decide to use uh, the, the, the capability to inform uh, and to play one specific part and, uh, as part of the operation. So, so, for example, in the example that you just mentioned earlier, some people might say, how do I entrust it? How do I, I probably don't even have enough data. So we can, you can use it as part of a bigger process that will fulfill some part of it. And that might be start with a small part or half a part or, or three quarter of it or all of it, depending on the organization's circumstances and available data and the maturity of what they've kept throughout the years from a bid proposal perspective and responses. Then you will want to, uh, for those who will have early adoption, that'll be a, an, an easier task because you will have a lot more time to optimize uh, your your brain that you'll create, uh, and for any small data data sources that you don't have, or if you don't have access to bigger data sources, you can have access to external, uh, mature, trusted data sources. So you you your AI engine in that example may not provide the full answer, as I mentioned earlier. You you, you might you might you, you don't need to eliminate the human input entirely from the process yeah. unless you're really comfortable to do so. So you can start by using it and you, you and um, not having to write everything from scratch. I, I respond to bids myself and I wish that I had something that I spend three days doing things where, you know, we created an, a manual library in, uh, in our company. And that manual yeah. library has a big list of questions and I just wish that someone could spend for the, the five bids that I responded to throughout this year, for example, I spent you know weeks doing it. I wish that's something that could, could be able to do it in 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 a, in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I can focus. This is not to say I, I will be replaced, but I can focus my effort into the final bits and optimization, refining that process, and then 
also at the same time you can feed that back into the brain and just the next time it will just learn um uh the more bids that you write and the more refinement you do yeah interesting no i see what you mean i i i understand we we have often that those talks about like a black box and and you mentioned as well earlier uh making being clear on on what the system is provided and you know it's not a binary you had nothing and now you're going to get everything i like your idea of i mean i'm reformulating with my word just to make sure i got it but like disaggregating by steps to make sure that there's a subset of data and there's a subtask that can be optimized and you measure that um and then the rest is still processed by 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 people by humans etc but making sure that the micro steps all the steps or there's clearly like a, a start point and an end point and you show the improvement there so i i i'll take that as a as a good uh, takeaway yeah that makes sense i think interestingly some of our biggest cheerleaders uh for for some of the client development partners we we have at the moment um are the those people on on the ground actually Alex so people who spend uh day in day out just saying not not really their specialism not particularly using the apex that they're sort of what they could be using in terms of brain power um but but it is sort of manually copying and pasting and, and creating manual sort of project references and and then finding sort of uh I'm thinking of this right now in technological terms but I'm I'm a slightly different use case I think uh so so they're tracing this information from one repository um or we can say documents uh multiple documents held in one repository to another to another to another um and it's a very a very time consuming task and certainly we're not the only uh, people in in this field but there's a lot there I think not just time consuming in my from my own experiences it's also at times irritating um uh, it, it, it isn't great task i have to mentally um prepare myself to go through um plenty and uh, hundreds of documents of responses uh and no matter how much effort we put into that i think that element of using ai and i i is is inevitable i think for me um I I'll give you just a quick another quick example. If you think about optical character recognitions OCRs, I remember trying using it when I was in university, you know, early 2000. And um it, it it was a very difficult task and it was very irritating having not having to have an AI power to to um to do that. Now, for those who have early adoption of optical character recognition and optimized it and worked with it nowadays it's just you can find it in the phone it's a very simple thing in your phone it just does it automatically you don't have to think about it so i would say within the use case that you specifically mentioned um to wait for other players or other industry partners to do it before you as an organization do it may may not really be a uh, uh, a good strategy it might be the actual opposite actually you you might want to um anticipate uh, what ai can do to your specific exam problem here the one that we discussing um and how can we embed and and uh, uh, use that to integrate with um existing processes by introducing this new technologies uh, that we we that are ai based ambitiously and strategically into the organization so that we learn with it as part of it so early adoption i think 
as opposed to just just sitting back passively waiting yeah. for mm-hmm. for it to overtake the traditional method uh, and then by that time uh, you you would have missed the boat a little bit into being ahead of the curve and within that specific instance and depending on the organization of course um, if you are an early adopter then the cost for you to not just the cost the cost and the quality of the bid responses that you'll be doing in the next couple of years three years compared with your competitions will be a lot more lower cost and a lot more higher quality uh, so effectively it, you will then your resources and your people in your organization can focus more on the more difficult bit which is that refining element that that being smart and being unique in the responses that they will send to the um uh to, yeah as part of the competition as part of the tender very good uh i will ask uh remain what our time is looking like <laughs> Um, if I look at it from the point of view of uh, how interesting this discussion is, the time is looking bad. The time is looking bad because I feel like we are just starting to explore yes. uh, what, the excitement and we are about to be in 20 minutes. Um, so, yes, we have to wrap this up, unfortunately, already. All right. So uh, may- maybe I'll end with, with one last question, yes. to Alex. Um, so uh, I, I suppose, and, and I don't want to put words into your mouth here, but but is what you're saying to some of these uh, organizations that might have relied on uh, traditional frameworks and uh, very established workflows for, for a, a prolonged period of time, um, it, would your advice to them be sort of get stuck in now learn to work with the, the technology even at a sort of rudimentary uh, phase uh, and that will develop over time um with with is, is it effort um, uh, money resources some, something like that yeah i mean i'm no firstly i'm in no position to advise anyone but my 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 experiences and my suggestions always uh they are uh, and if i were to advise then i'd say early adoption uh, to innovate and augment the current frameworks that you have uh, is really advised. Uh, the solutions will only improve uh, if applied correctly within that framework. I think it, it will, they will only improve the overall productivity and framework and the morale of your team. Uh, there might be small little hiccups at the beginning, but these these always happen. Uh, I remember the first time I had to um, migrate from Windows XP to to, to um, Windows 7. I found it quite painful, but then afterwards yeah, I thought, oh, yeah. it's a lot more easier. As soon as I started right. using set up, I'm wish I'm glad now I did that kind of migration. So yeah. that would be my recommendation, advice. But again, I'm not I'm no position to advise. But if I were to, that would be my message. Yes, I like that you mentioned. So sorry, I just want to add that because I mean we haven't touched upon that. I like that you mentioned the word morale. You know, we talked a lot about efficiency, and I was like grilling you on measurable and and kpis and data but the morale is also very important it's true because if if staff and users have a situation that brings a lot of frustration even if it's a sort of as you said a peak at the early adoption of pain to change a process uh, if we can show that the morale is going to be boosted because one thing that was very tedious and and painful uh, laborious to do then is the the ease of doing that through through the new tool again going back to your tool 
if we can boost the morale, then I think it can boost the adoption as well. So I, I want to keep that as well as a takeaway, the showing the morale and the clear impact on like just happiness at work, happiness in the activities we do. Yeah, I agree. And then lastly, if I, if I may, I'd say computers existed for a good number of years. They didn't replace humans. Spam filters existed. They didn't, they, they, they didn't replace humans. Computer <laughs> games exist. Image, image recognition, OCRs, all these are tools. They're not really there to replace humans, nor would this. So I, I, I always look at it as a positive. All of these examples, the one that I mentioned, there have been similar fears in the past. And we still hear, we still different, different types of jobs. Yeah. All right, lovely. Uh, well, I think we'll finish on that very optimistic note. <laughs> uh, thank you again, Alex, for your time. Uh, it's hugely appreciated. And uh, thank you for the people who've tuned in for this session. Um, if you do have any questions for Alex or, or for either Remain with myself or, or for <laughs> more than one of us, uh, please do feel free to uh, enter your questions in the sort of allocated area um, and we will either pass them on or, or do our best to answer them in the uh, days and uh, week ahead. Um, thanks again, Alex, very much. Thanks, Remain, for joining us. Thank and uh, that's it for this session. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Fascinating topics. Peace.